This is How to Read. I'm Milan. And I'm Olivia, the producer of this episode. Today we're talking with Catherine Grant, an art historian with a focus on feminist and queer performance art. This episode is about reenacting the past. When you think about historical reenactment, you probably think about reenacting Civil War battles or performing a character at a Renaissance fair. But Catherine Grant is interested in artists who use reenactment to ask questions about the history of feminist and queer activism and the role of artists in political life. By reenacting and remixing scenes from history, these artists revive stories from the past that might illuminate the present in surprising ways. Beyond the realm of art, Catherine wants us to recognize the power of performing repeated actions in our everyday lives. Catherine Grant, welcome. Thank you for having me. So we are going to talk about the topic of reenacting the past. Uh, and I understand that one of the things that your research is about is specifically artists who are reenacting the past. Um, and which in itself is kind of interesting to me because I guess when I think of like historical reenactments, I think of, um, well, I think of being a child and going to the Black Country Museum um, on school trips and sort of people acting like, you know, historic characters. Um, and I also think about um, people who sort of reenact historical things as a hobby, you know, if it's like Civil War reenactment or medieval reenactments. Um, but none of those, I think, are really what you would call artists. Um, or maybe they are, but I don't know. Um, so I'm, I'm curious, can you, can you give an example of the kind of art um, that you're interested in that is reenacting the past? Yes, and I really like your examples that you give from your own life and um, other... I have to say I ha I'm not a historical reenactor, no <laughs> disrespect. I mean, some performance art scholars have explored uh, kind of like Civil War reenactment, like Rebecca Schneider, the performance art um, scholar, has done extensive work on that in relation to performance art. So you're, you're not completely outside. <laughs> so I shouldn't outside. be too quick to... Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. But I guess for me, um, that wasn't how I came into thinking about reenactment. It was more that I came across a number of um, young artists' work in the kind of early 2000s that were often returning to feminist and queer histories. So um, one of the first works I saw was by um, an artist called Oriana Fox. She's uh, an American artist who's based in London. And she did a work called... Um, our Bodies, Ourselves, uh, in 2003, where she put together um, reenacting scenes from Sex and the City, the 1990s um, TV show, uh, but performed all the characters as 1970s-style feminists, uh, kind of quoting from uh, an artist called Judy Chicago, who explored what she called central core imagery as this kind of feminist um, imagery based on the vagina, so there's a kind of humorous clash of the things she's reenacting. So it's already uh -huh. not Wait, so so she's on the one hand, she's reenacting like a scene from Sex and the City. Mm -hmm. Is that right? So she's kind of speaking the dialogue that 
the, the actors in Sex and the City had spoken. She's so, sort of yeah, so reciting it. What she did was she's actually lip syncing to the dialogue. So okay. she takes a scene and then she lip syncs and performs each of the four characters herself and then cut, okay. cuts them up but together. Her, and so she's dressed as this earlier feminist mm-hmm. making this kind of vagina like a vagina quilt yeah quilt okay <laughs> wow yeah so I, I just feel like that for people who know sex in the city those might seem like very different kinds of feminism or maybe even just very different kinds of women mm-hmm. so judy chicago's model of feminist art based around a kind of a biological woman's body um and sort of around the central core imagery for a lot of feminists at the time and since they saw that as a rather limiting kind of model for a feminist art practice. But at the same time, she uh, put together one of the first feminist art programs in California, and the work that the group of artists did there was really transformational. So she was proposing a whole new theory, but there were flaws in that theory, and she enabled a lot of artistic practice, but also there's um, problems with it. Sex and the City, I guess, um, well, kind of, it's it's sort of at the time it was seen as kind of um, having feminist potential because it was a show that focused on four women. And at that moment, that wasn't very usual. But what the women mostly talk about are boyfriends, sex, shoes and money. So <laughs> it's a very materialistic um, uh, sort of heterosexual capitalist notion of what um, empowerment might look like. So she's kind of exploring both the attractions and problems to both forms of feminism, but in a very humorous way. Mm. So, so with that, that work of art that Oriana Fox created, is it that she's kind of wanting to sort of create a new feminism for herself that takes kind of the best of both, but also is kind of rejecting some of the things that looking back, she doesn't? like in each of those I guess it doesn't quite get to a new feminism it's more about sort of trying to take on the personas and the stereotypes of these two models and kind of in a way sort of turning them inside out and looking at them without necessarily knowing what the alternative is yet it's almost like a questioning and um, a research that is done through this kind of playful re-performance yeah, that's interesting, because then it's almost like the way that we're talking about it now, sort of with the benefit of hindsight, we can see sort of different sort of political things in it to do with like different kinds of feminism and the pros and cons. But actually, it sounds like what you're saying is she went into it maybe as with a more kind of open-minded, open-ended goal of like, I just want to inhabit these these roles, these these stereotypes, these personas, and I don't know what I'm going to learn. Yeah, I definitely think it's an exploration about politics, about feminism, about what it means to be an artist. Do you want to see yourself as a a woman artist or a feminist artist? And it kind of plays with those questions without necessarily having a a straightforward outcome. Yeah. So, so yeah, when we're talking about reenactment, one of the things that maybe I'm, well, one of the things I'm getting is that it's actually a lot about the experience of the person doing the reenactment. So, you know, when I think about like 
you know, my school trip visit to the Black Country Museum, there's people there that are kind of paid actors doing it for the audience. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like for her, for Oriana Fox, um, and maybe for other artists that you're interested in, it's as much about the artist's own experience, state of mind, um, you know, as they go through those actions. Yeah, I think so. And then the challenge is how do you create a work in which the viewer also gets something out of that process? And that's where I've kind of been interested in the way it leaves it quite open. So the viewer has to really kind of question themselves and think, well, what, my, what is my response to Sex and the City or <laughs> Judy Chicago? Because she doesn't answer the question. She poses them for us. And so even though we're not reenacting those scenes, I think we're still asked to kind of take on some of the questions that she's proposing through it. Yeah. Well, it's making me think almost like, okay, so yeah, we may not be literally like lip syncing to Sex and the City, but insofar as the artist is revisiting these things from the past, we also revisit them as we watch her performance. Definitely. Mm. But one thing that that what you've been saying is actually helping me to realize that I've never quite got about performance art before, which is like when I've been to museums and I've seen like videos of performance art or I've seen photographs or whatever, it can sometimes feel quite kind of dead to me. Um, But actually now I think what I'm getting is that it's partly maybe can be, maybe not always, but it can be about the experience of the person performing it. So that when we watch a video or we see photos, we're not getting the actual the the thing that's most valuable about the artwork the thing that was most valuable was the experience of the person who did it is that does that make sense that does and um some scholars from performance uh, studies are really interested in the way that much performance art that is performed live is very hard to document um and so uh really thinking about it as this live encounter between the performers and the audience and this situation which can't be recreated and the documentation will only ever be a sort of incomplete trace. Now, for me, that's interesting in terms of reenactment because what you're often picking up is incomplete traces that you then have to re-inhabit. <laughs> Does that make sense? Right, yeah. So I was trying to come up with a way of writing about these forms of reenactment that I saw in pieces like Oriana's work. And first of all, I thought about them as embodied quotations so quoting from something else but what does it mean to take it up in your own body so the fact that you're processing it through your own body will make the quotation different like it can't be the same immediately as you take it up yeah so um I feel like our conversation has is is kind of making me think differently about like history and I think I feel like we've been talking a lot about kind of like the past and and sort of bringing the past into the present. Um, And it feels to me actually like these reenactments, they're a way of, I don't know, it's just, I feel like I keep ending up talking in cliches, but like bringing history to life or something (laughs) like that. Um, But I guess, you know, what do you feel that this thinking about reenactments can offer to how we think about history with a capital H? Well, I think one thing it can bring is to think about what's included in history and what can kind of end up getting kind of um, forgotten or sort of um, 
only a very small stereotyped version of it. So if you reenact something, um, you've got to really attend to it with a lot of attention and detail. And that for me is one of the really compelling aspects. Obviously, that's not always going to happen. But often these artists are mining uh, kind of artworks or histories that might otherwise just be kind of a footnote. So it kind of it's also sort of about um, an opening up of these moments in history and making us really attend to them and think about them in relation to our moment and what we might be able to get from them. And often um, kind of saying, um, well, let's let's sit with this for a bit. Let's see what the problems are, what the possibilities are, rather than just saying that's outmoded and seeing history as progress that's linear. Instead, it's kind of got a looping or disrupted time to it where different things are relevant at different moments. So can you explain that a bit more? So people might think of history as linear, but actually reenactment can help us understand it differently? Yeah, so I guess um, maybe as we're in the 21st century and kind of in the in a kind of an ecological crisis and a sort of um, a financial crisis, maybe we understand perhaps that progress is a fiction now. <laughs> that, right, that things don't always century. get better. <laughs> yeah. So I guess um, what reenactment does is kind of return to previous moments and sees that they still have possibility for the present, but also dangers for the present. So we could think about the dangers of fascism coming up again in our political uh, landscape. So that's an example where kind of for many of us, we hoped what happened in World War II was history was gone, but now we see it returning um, in, a, in a different way, but it's not, it's not dead. It's not politics that have kind of completely been put into the past. Yeah, so it's like, it's like history or maybe just like time itself, life itself is looping back, you know, things that, you think we've moved on from return in a different form. So like um, we need to, to be looking back to things from the past in order to uh, deal with these things like fascism that, you know, we might have hoped were left in the past, but are back. Exactly. Um, okay. So, so um, yeah, I'm curious, like, can you remember like as a child the first thing that you reenacted something that maybe not consciously at the time but Mm -hmm. then now you look back on and think like oh yeah like there was a seed of that reenactment right there well I have a very um uh sort of interesting example which is learning the lord's prayer so I went to a, a church of england school but I wasn't brought up as a christian um but I still had to repeat the lord's prayer every day at school for a number of years. So when I was thinking about reenactment as this form of embodied quotation, something that sits inside your body, I was reminded of this. I can still repeat the Lord's Prayer, well, word perfect, and I will be able to until I die. And it still has a sense of um, kind of, uh, I guess, kind of security, even though it's um, a belief system that I have no kind of... um, investment in so it's almost like a counter example it didn't teach me about a politics but what it taught me was about communal speaking and repetition and how powerful it can be that's so interesting I really relate to that um and for me it was um uh Christian hymns that I I think I had that with um 
like you, I went to a, a Christian school, um, but didn't, wasn't raised Christian. Um, but some of those hymns, um, I really loved. And there's some, I'm feeling like choked up even thinking about it, but, but, um, Be Thou My Vision, which like, when I kind of take some distance, I'm like, okay, it's not that great, whatever. But if I sing it, or even if I think if I had to like recite the words, like it really, it has an emotional impact on me that is not to do with believing in the message or, you know, being a Christian, but it's to do with actually that kind of history in my own life of reenacting it and feeling that emotion every time I've sung it before. Yeah, so I think kind of um, culture understands how important it can be to reenact and recite things. And what I'm interested in is a kind of radical possibility in the way that artists have taken up those modes in their art practices, um, because it's often something that's happened so many times we don't attend to it. And it's often when it's histories that are unexpected, like kind of Sex and City and Judy Chicago together, <laughs> then we yeah. become more aware of what's happening. Yeah. Um, Catherine Grant, thank you very much. Thank you so much. That's it for this episode. For links to books mentioned in our discussion, plus further reading, visit our website, howtoreadpodcast.com. You can also listen to a bonus clip in which Catherine explains what she and her students learned from reenacting a performance by Cuban-American artist Ana Mendieta, in which performers smear blood or red paint on huge sheets of paper. To hear about our latest episodes and news, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at How to Read Now. This episode was produced by me, Milanta Lunen, and by me, Olivia Branscom, with editorial assistance from me, Monsi Garnani, and from me, Tiani D. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear. Special thanks to Columbia University for its support, and thank you for listening. <laughs>